Before we get into today's episode of The Big League Show, I want to remind you that tonight's episode and every episode of The Big League Show right here on The Score on Your Network is presented by The Ohio Media School. Are you interested in radio production, TV broadcasting, or even digital media? Do you want to do what I'm doing right now and talk sports on The Score on Your Network? Well, give Nakia Bucker a call at 614-655-5250 and tell them The Big League Show sent you. You can be a part of this network here at Score and Air. We have a lot of things coming here. A lot of shows you can check out. Loganity, 5 to 8 on Tuesdays. Too big for two hours. So check them out there. Of course, you can check out the Big League Show Thursdays, 2 to 4, live from the Safranco studio. Might be moving to a new location in the upcoming weeks, maybe even this week. So stay tuned for that. And on Sundays, you can check out the Big League Show. Not a set time, just because of how long Sunday Night Baseball could take. Generally around 11 p.m. every Sunday we'll talk the Sunday night games. We'll talk the weekend that was. Teams stood out to us, good or bad. It will overreact and will underreact to some teams as well. So it was a fun week. So the Yankees played the Red Sox on Sunday Night Baseball. So me and Logan Morris dove right into it to start this podcast. So looking forward to that. If you like baseball, this is the podcast for you. So without further ado, here is the Big League Show from August 16th leading into August 17th, 2020 on the Score and Air Network. And welcome everybody to another edition of the Big League Show presented by Ohio Media School. It's another... Sunday night, late night edition, post-Sunday night baseball edition of the Big League Show. Of course, I'm Logan Morris, the man they call Loganity, and along with me is the man they call Big Co, Cody Larson. How are you, Cody? Doing great. Another week of baseball has flown by. We're almost 40% done with the season already, and it's almost time to look forward to the trade deadline, and it's almost time to look forward to the playoffs. Almost, but not quite yet. Not, not quite, not quite yet. Not, see, I was looking forward to the playoffs until, <laughs> until the Reds got hit with all the COVID. So, it, no, don't, 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 no, don't tell me that forty percent of the season has gone by. Tell me there's sixty percent left to go. That's glass half full, glass half full, glass half full. And so, yes, though time is flying by, and yes, we all the trade dead line. The trade deadline is going to happen, and uh, we will have an announcement as far as a special that we're going to do in, in the coming. Uh, I, I would say we'll announce that next yep. week or so. Because don't worry, here at the Big League Show, we're going to we're going to give you all the best trade coverage that, that only only we, we can provide. Them? Only we can pr- provide here at the High Media School. Like Well, uh, anyway. <laughs> oh. Your dog, Bailey, making an appearance with her, you know. Well. Her tail sticking up. Uh, but anyway, off to a riveting start here. She's just, she's just, she's just, she's a star. She has a Reds bandana on. She does. She, she has a Reds bandana. That bandana you see her with is a Reds bandana. So. All right, she sneezed. That's 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 riveting stuff here on the big league I mean, show. Quality content, right? And Bailey, I'm in the middle of something. 
in the middle of something here. In the middle of something. Are we still good to go, okay. Cody? <laughs> All right, just checking. Okay, with that, I've got her calm down a little bit there. As you can see in the back, uh, I keep some people keep the horses in the back. So I keep my dog in the back. So with that, Cody, we got to talk mm-hmm. about the Sunday night baseball game. The the Yankees sweep the Red Sox. Stop me if you've heard that before. Yeah, feels like deja uh, vu. A four two finish. A four two finish. I know you were watching with bated breath. Uh, concerning our fantasy league, but that's that's for another that's for another time. And and just just give me your overall thoughts and and you know the the greatest baseball rivalry in the world doesn't feel like a big rivalry right now, and that's very odd. You know, we were talking before we went on the air uh, back when we were Bailey. You are making a lot of noise. Anywho, anywho, here this is the live Sunday night edition. Uh, this will be great for the podcast. I'll tell you, for the, for the folks on Spotify and, and Anchor and all those sort of sort of stitcher, I believe it is, and all those sort of things. But anyway, what are your thoughts on the fact that the Yankees dominate the Red Sox again? And just give me your overall thoughts on where the Red Sox are, are as an organization right now. So I feel like we just did a show about two or three weeks ago talking about how the Yankees just got swept, or the Red Sox just got swept by the Yankees and – it's not good for the Red Sox to be swept by your arch nemesis twice already in a season uh, this early. Not good. And the Red Sox has now dropped seven games in a row. And the Red Sox are a team built on prestige and winning. And I don't know off the top of my head. I'll have to do some research. I don't know the last time they lost seven games in a row. If I had to guess, it would have to be that pre-John Farrell year. 2012 would be my guess. Uh, the pre-John Farrell year. Last I heard, John Farrell is a scout in the Reds organization. There's a fun fact for you. And it, it just we, we've come so used to the Yankees and the and the Red Sox being two of the premier clubs year in year out at a constant. And so for Boston to be in in what seems to be a full fledged rebuild is just such a culture shock. Uh, um, you know. What is the mindset of the Boston Red Sox as, as, you, as you go through this 60-game uh, sprint, nearly 40% of the way through, as you said, to kick us off? What, what's the mindset of the, of the Red Sox? What's the goal for 2020? Uh, I think the mindset of the Red Sox is to figure out your rotation and even your bullpen going forward because I think their offense is there. They have Martinez. They have Devers. Well, they have Martinez for now. Who knows if they trade him come August 31st. But they have Devers. They have Bogarts. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of other guys. They have Verdugo. They have Kevin Pillar. You know, Pillar's not going to be here for a rebuild. He's only on a one-year deal. But a guy like Verdugo, he went two for four tonight. He's looked really well. He's really coming onto the scene with the Red Sox. And they talked about it during the game. It's like, yeah, he's not going to replace Mookie Betts. Let's drop that arc, that right there. He wants to be Alex Verdugo. Let Verdugo be Verdugo. And for Boston, you have the pieces to a good offense. But you're pitching... Is is the only thing is what's keeping me back because they've started now eleven different starting pitchers in twenty two games, and that's absurd even in a sixty game season, and even more absurd when you think they're a team that hasn't been affected by COVID. And, 
no question about it. Absurd is, is such a great adjective to describe where it is right now. And and you're right. There is no replacing Mookie Betts in that production. As Mookie Betts has really begun to find his footing now with the Dodgers. We saw him hit three home runs the other night and just look like the way you expect Mookie to play given the huge contract he got. We'll get to the Dodgers here in a bit. Um, it is. It's it's concerning. It's it's a it's a little sad. You just come to expect Boston to be better, and and the reality is they're not. And for them to be the 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 whipping post, you know, we talked about Baltimore. Well, Baltimore's not that bad. Is it possible that Boston finishes in the cellar of that division? If I had to say yes, I think I'm leaning towards yes right now more. Because I think Toronto's going to figure out they did place Bo Bichette on the DL today. So that's going to, or the IL, I should say, terminology is key. But they did place him on the IL today. So, and that's for 10 days. But I, th- I don't know. I think Baltimore is going to stick around. They're going to be like a bug on a windshield. They're going to be, they're going to stick around. They're going to be hard to get off. And... I don't know, because obviously Yankees-Tampa is 1-2 in whatever order, and then it's 3-4-5 is more than likely going to be Orioles, Blue Jays, Red Sox. And I think if you're the Red Sox, you had Mazda tonight. He pitched Uh. three innings. I think there were three good innings for a guy who hasn't thrown more than like 50 pitches in his career and any start. He gave up four and runs, sure, but that was one bad pitch to Mike Ford, who probably wasn't even going to be playing if, Judge and Stanton and DJ LeMahieu were out. So it was one bad pitch that made his line look even worse. So I think that's a good positive takeaway. Yes, the foreign run isn't good. But Brazier came in and pitched a good inning, struck out two batters. And I think overall tonight was a good night, even though they lost 4-2. to two, It's hard to say. <laughs> but you got to take away some positives. There's positives to every game. I know no fan likes to hear that. You mentioned the Yankees and the injuries they're going through. How, what do you make of how they're handling right now? J, DJ LeMahieu, of course, he had that he has that 411 bat average, and he's he's on the IL. And we, we've seen the other situations there. Could injuries completely derail the New York Yankees, who I picked to go to the World Series, as you know? Well, you know, give us your opinion on where they stand and with the injury bug. So I think the Yankees are an interesting team where they just are able to pick guys just off the street. Like Mike Talkman is a guy who a lot of fans who don't really follow baseball would be like, how is this guy hitting 300 and has the ability to hit a 445-foot home run every time he steps to the plate? Like, who? how do they find these guys? How do they find a Mike Ford who they compared to Babe Ruth tonight on the broadcast? But I think... They, I think they will overcome this because Stanton's going to come back healthy, I assume, I hope. For baseball's sake, I hope. LeMayhew, this is, I think, the first time in his career he's been on the IL. So it's not like it happens every day. And then Judge, I found it kind of interesting that he was talking today about how he's 100%, even though they just placed him on the IL, the 10-day IL, yesterday. So that's interesting. Maybe just a little tactical advantage to give him a few more extra days rest because he can't be activated until Saturday at the earliest. And for him to come out like six days before he's even eligible to come off and say, hey, I'm 100%, is kind of weird to me. But I think 
we've talked about this enough, Logan, where what is their main thing with the Yankees? What is their main issue? It's their rotation past Garrett Cole. And we saw that tonight. Jay Happ looked good. He looked worth the $17.5 million that the Yankees are paying him. He pitched five and two-third good innings. If it wasn't for the base runner, he probably would have pitched six. He gave up only one run, gave up three hits. And that's pretty good. That's what you need for a guy like Jay Happ. You're probably not going to get that every start. You're probably going to get more three, four inning starts where he gives up three, four runs. So you have to take every good Jay Happ start when you get it. So. Well, uh, concerning Jay Happ, I'm I, no in no world is he worth seventeen million dollars at this advanced stage of his career. I think that's far overpriced. I, I just. He could win the Cy Young, and I'd still say he's overpaid. Um, I just—that's just how I feel on that. I just think it was—it's desperation, and I think the Yankees are a little bit desperate with that—that that rotation, and that's going to be the big key. We've talked about it at nauseum on this show, I know, but again, is that where they're going to go make a move at the deadline and go get a starting pitcher? Do they go get that per? that whoever that may be, do they go get that person to solidify that rotation and make that run down the stretch at the deadline? I think in a normal circumstance, I would say yes, because I, but I think we've been saying that for the Yankees for years. And, and if they don't get Garrett Cole, what does this team look like? That's very interesting to look at because obviously Severino's out. Herman is out for, I think this entire year, his suspension. So without Cole, what would this team be? But I don't know. I think this year is going to be interesting. I think the trade deadline this year is going to be pretty different than what we've seen before just because we're two weeks away and pretty much every team can make a case they're in for it. So realistically, which teams can say they're out? And the only team I can really think of... Pittsburgh. <laughs> and I was going to say, the only team I can think of that could really say they're out is Pittsburgh. But who are they going to even offer to trade? Are they going to give up Josh Bell? Or are they going to give up Joe Musgrove? I don't think so. Are they going to give up Kevin Akella? I don't think so. I think they all view those guys as trade pieces. But who knows? I wouldn't surprise me if they trade Josh Bell because I think you can get a lot for him. And on Thursday's show, I have four trades I'm going to go over with you, Logan. I want you to grade them. So on th- I think some of them might surprise you. But... I think you'll like them. So that's on Thursday show. Already looking ahead. But if I had to guess, I would make I would say another Mariners Yankees trade is in the works. They already traded before with James Paxton and all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they call each other again and work out a trade for a starting pitcher. I think it's very possible. Looking forward to Thursday's show, <laughs> two to four Thursday in the studio. I had some personal business to tend to so we didn't do a show uh this past thursday i had i got a new pair of spectacles and other things in personal nature that i won't get in on this show and uh, so looking forward to getting back to the studio this franco studio and we're going to give you the full two hours but we still got a little bit of time tonight and so with that let's train this and we've t- we've talked about the greatest rivalry in baseball history and 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 its current sad state let's look at the rest of the al and, uh, Cody, I'll let you lead the charge here. Where do you want to head when it comes to the AL, We my can guy. finish off the East here. I mean, we talked about the Yankees and how they swept the Red Sox again. They're 15-6 and six right now. But how about the Tampa Bay Rays? 
you know, we talked about the Red Sox struggling, and part of it was they played the Rays. They played uh, Andrews Rays for four games in Boston, and it felt like Fenway South a little bit, or uh, Tropicana South. So they took batting practice for four days, and it was really fun to watch. And the Rays are 9-2 and two since August 7th. They took 2-3 from the Blue Jays. Look, I've picked them to win this division. i got to stick with it. They're only a game and a half back of the Yankees now, even though the Yankees have won five in a row. So, and then the – You, you got to hit – as you said, that Andrew Joe's, his, his Rays, the, the trough was relocated. Hopefully the bad ballpark food wasn't for all the fine, all the fine uh, ballpark attendees. Um, those cardboard cutouts need to be well fed, but they look a little thin, a little razor thin. Um, so, look, I- I'm very impressed. I am. I'm very impressed. But here's the thing. And by the way, you mentioned where were the Yankees without Garrett Cole? And that's why right now I put I put Garrett Cole in a AL MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Really, I do, because it's called most valuable player. It's not called the best player. Who is more valuable than Garrett Cole is to the Yankees in the AL? Don't worry, I'll wait. Don't worry, I'll wait. And so it, it is what it is as far as that goes. But I think the Yankees go out and I think they get a decent piece down the stretch. And I, I don't think the Rays have the, I don't, I don't think they have the complete overall picture enough to to beat the Yankees. Because here's the scary part. We've mentioned how the Yankees are rolling, mm-hmm. right? Right? They're getting hurt. They're getting hurt, and so they're just going to get better. You wait till D.L.A. Mayhew comes back. You wait till a Stanton, a Judge. It just they, they are building another. I hate to say it, they're building another dynasty. Yeah. I, I just I, I have a lot of faith in the Yankees right now, and, and you know that pains me. You know it does. So it's the Yankees I respect. Jeter, Sandman. That's it. That's it. Rest of them. Go away. Plus, they're about to activate the Cuban Missile, Geraldus Chapman. Before we move on, how do you think that's going to change your bullpen? We've seen Zach Britton be a little hit and miss. What kind of addition is Geraldus Chapman at this stage, post-COVID, in the most unique season in history? So, based on the clips he was posting on Instagram of him throwing off the mound at their alternate training site, I don't know if you saw those, but I got really excited. But I don't. I, I'm more curious to see what type of role he's thrusted in by Aaron Boone when he comes back. Is he going to be the closer right away? Is he going to be the guy who goes in the fifth, sixth or seventh inning right now, just trying to get himself built up? Or are they going to throw him into the fire, pitch him in the eighth, pitch him in the ninth, work him as the closer already? Because Zach Britton hasn't really pitched like the lights out closer, so it's not like it's a situation of oh, this quarterback's looking really hot, so let's not bench him. You know, and I think a big test for the Yankees and the Rays is they play each other this week. Blake Snell opens up the series against the Yankees on Tuesday. And I'm looking forward to that game because this is a test for both teams. Blake Snell says he pitches better against the Yankees because it is the Yankees. So it's a huge test starting Tuesday. It's Blake Snell against Tanaka. So that should be a good game. Great opener. I'm excited 
excited to talk about it this Thursday on the Big League Show, 2 to 4% by High Media School. You know that we'll be in depth on that series. We'll spend far too much time on that. But let's transition out of the AL East. And let's 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 head to another part of the AL. But I'll let you, you're the man with the plan. So I'll let you, you tell the folks where we're about well, to head. Well, just quickly before we head to the Central, I wanted to give a little love to the Orioles, too. We talked about them. On Friday, they technically swept the Nationals. They finished that game that was delayed because of an, an inept kept field. They finished that game, and then they wound up losing two of three this weekend. However, they're five and two in the last week, and they've looked really good. They beat the Phillies. They swept them, and then, you know, they didn't look that great. Well, they looked okay. Santander looked great today, hit two home runs, drove in, I think, six runs. Let's just a quick shout out to the Orioles. They're in third place at twelve and nine, seven and three in their last ten. So yeah, but we can move on to the Central Logan and how about the Indians? Their offense is finally starting to click. They swept the Tigers. They're now within one game of first place. And for the Tigers, they've lost twenty games in a row against the Indians. Tough break if you're a Tigers fan when it comes to the Lake Erie Warriors. Absolutely 20 in a row to the, the Tribe folk. And, yes, the offense is getting going. And, you know, what we expected it. We talked about you got Frankie Landor. You got Jose Ramirez. Both guys are MVP candidates uh, most years. Those two are going to do some damage. And then you, you can't sleep on uh, – uh, Reyes kind of reminds me of uh, – he reminds me of Jobu, you know, the, the voodoo guy on the Indians. Because you know what he can do? He can hit the hell out of a fastball. That's that's what he can do. And so, you, yeah, you just expect it. But but with the Indians, we've got to talk about a little bit of bigger news. Down at the alternate site, uh, went, went, went to Pleshek and Clevenger. Is that a humongous blow to them? What do you think their future is? Let's play some reckless speculation late night on the big league show how big is this new development with the two star studs of the lake erie warriors <laughs> um i think it's an interesting question to dive into because you look at clevenger he's 30 i think he has at least one more year of arbitration left so if they were to move on from anybody i wouldn't be surprised if it was clevenger not saying that they are again recklessly speculating here but Clevenger would be a guy, you know, just trade him away. He's a lot of value. He's a great pitcher. And, you know, it's not on my trade for this Thursday, but I just thought about this. The Red Sox need pitching. The Indians need some offense. So what if a Clevenger for J.D. Martinez trade? Meriting on that a little bit. I think that's a win-win for both teams. And... Is that one of the trades you're proposing? Not this Thursday. this Thursday. I got a couple more up my sleeve that might surprise you like that. So, But that is not one of them. I'm just checking. I'm but just do you checking. think – what do you think? Because to me, Plezak is a guy that, sure, he's, you know, say what you want about off the field. He's a headache or whatever. I think he's the guy, if we're talking strictly baseball, you have to hang on to longer because he's younger and has more years of control. And he has more growth to do than Clevenger. I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Plus, given, given his, 
age, given his age, he also has more upside as far as getting that kind of off the field. I don't want to say like he's a behavioral issue, but he marches to the beat of a different drum, and sometimes that creates some some interesting moments. That's as far as I'll go there. I, it reminds me a little bit of Trevor Bauer in terms of off-field. Not a not a distraction, but just a unique guy that doesn't handle everything the right way. You know, there was no way that Bauer handled things the right way when he threw the ball over center field as great as an image as it is or a T-shirt as it is. Uh, uh, you know, it reminds me a little bit of that. And and so, yeah, I think that's the guy you keep up to. And, and, and so let's play some real reckless speculation. How big would the market be for a Mike Clevenger? I know that he's a little, little stained, a little, a little besmirched because of this, this, let's call it a scandal due to, he was pretty dishonest when it came to what he did and given his teammate is Cookie Carrasco, who of course has battled leukemia pretty bad, but on the field doesn't right. get much better. How big is the market? Who do you think is making the play for it? Is it the Red Sox? So again, just strictly baseball, non COVID stuff. I think bless you. The Red Sox are a team that I first think of as a team that, Hey, <laughs> the beauty of live shows here from home. But I think the Red Sox are a team, you know, they have the JD Martinez who has an opt out and he's not probably not going to get the money that he was originally going to get in his contract. So he's probably going to opt in. And if the Indians feel like absorbing that contract, sure. Maybe the Red Sox will even pay off some of it for the Indians for Clevenger. Throwing a couple more prospects, boom, we have a trade. How about the Angels? I off the top of my head, I don't know how that trade works for the Indians because obviously they're not giving up Trout. They're not giving up Rendon. I don't think Justin Upton is worth giving up Mike Clevenger for. There might be a guy I'm not thinking of right now, but the Angels, as far as pitching goes, unless you just get straight prospects back, the Angels are a team that I would say they need pitching. They want to make a run for the playoffs. Let's get Clevenger. And I'll throw one more team for you. Wouldn't. One more AL team. Go ahead. This team lost already a former. Oh, they lost a former Indian pretty much before the season started. How about the Texas Rangers? They have a little bit of offense. They have a little bit of moving pieces they could offer in trade. And what if? You know, that's just AL. There's probably a couple NL teams that can use Clevenger. He's a number one on a lot of staffs. He's a number two on literally every other staff in baseball probably so and one more team to just popped in my head sorry again i'm going on a little loganity here what if we get really wild and the yankees call it's all good and they say hey we'll give you Andujar and clint frazier for mike clevenger well you mentioned the angels and and here I'm going. To, I'm going to go Loganity here. I'm going to go absolute Loganity here. I think that an aging decline. I mean, Albert Pujols would bring some value to the Cleveland Indians as far as their offensive struggles go. I really, I, I genuinely do. I'm not now. This is not Albert of of ten years ago, uh, not even of five years ago. But I think he's an upgrade, especially when you consider the fact that you know. When you look at DHs on that team, I don't I don't consider Albert to be any worse. And plus, you get him out from you, you get out from under that contract if you're the Angels, 
And because Clevenger might be that big of a headache at this point, and Albert is a bit of a headache, not personally, but because that contract is so mammoth. I know that's reckless speculation, but I think it has to be considered because the Angels do need pitching, and they do want to be a winner because this is Joe Madden's first year, and they don't want to crap the bed. There's not a more, you know, you want to say scientific terms. That's that's what you are here for, Cody. But here's what your beer drinker in a bar would say. They don't want to crap the bed in their first year with Joe Madden because that's just not good marketing. That's just not good marketing. That doesn't sell you when fans can come back to the, to the stadium. And so my thought is this. This. They have the offensive struggles. Yes, they've started to click and figure it out, but there's still not a ton of names on that. What about an aging Albert Pujols to DH come off the bench in those certain clutch situations? You know, is there – and then you split the salary maybe. Is there any way that could go down? And, I, again, purely reckless speculation, but considering we're so towards the end of that contract, I would think he might be in play for the absolute perfect scenario. So I think that's interesting, but – I also think that the Indians wouldn't do it because it's so little value for a guy like Clevenger. If the Angels were going to throw in like a couple B prospects or like Pujols plus an A prospect. Well, a prospect, right. prospect for sure. Prospect, prospects for sure. Pro, no, right. not, not, not a straight up. Not a straight, no, I'm not that delusional. Not a straight up. I'm, I'm talking about the name that sells the trade. A couple of B prospects. Let's say two B prospects and an Albert Pujols. For White Clevenger, given the current, as great as he is on field, his status is very low right now because he looks like a, he looks like the turd in the punch bowl at this particular moment, because not only did he get caught sleeping, as they say, he lied about it, he he, he lied about it, and so, so his his value is 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 that of a politician at this point, and so you might want him out of under it, and so I think a couple of B prospects. And maybe an aging number pool holes because again, let me ask you: Is there enough offense for the Indians to make it work in the long haul? I don't think so. What about you? So they got a key guy going. He's starting to get hot. Framo Reyes. He hit what looked like a 500 foot home run today against the Tigers. It was only at like 440 feet, but it really looked longer than that. Um, but he's the biggest piece that has to get going. <laughs> <laughs> He's... Well, deception, as they say, is yep. and, key. You know, obviously Lindor is going to get his home runs. He's going to get his hits. Uh, Jose Ramirez is going to get his hits, his home runs. Those two guys you don't have to worry about. But when you have a guy like Sandy Leone who contributes today, and I don't know if we did it on the show last week. I think it was pre-show, so whoops. Uh, but we went over catchers who don't really do stuff offensively but they contribute defensively and leon was one of those guys he hit his first home run of the year this year and his first one since august 8th 2019 so literally a a week and a year ago it hasn't hasn't been that long has it (laughs) unfortunately for leon it has but those Uh, let's Let's switch gears here. Minnesota. What do you make of them? Nelson Cruz is still hitting home runs at, at this age. We talk about aging DHs. He is one, but he's not showing it physically. What do you make of the Twins? Are they, given, given the Indians run, getting the offense going, we know what we said to start the year on the Big League show. Are the Twins, are the twins your favorite to win this division or not? You're asking a lot of good questions tonight. So... I think 
that's a question. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so I think obviously their offense is going to rake. The health of Josh Donaldson is also pivotal to this question or this answer because he's only played, I think, five games, if that, this year. He's on the injured list right now. And you kind of forget he's on that team. Like, oh, they have Josh Donaldson. Wow, they're going to add him to that lineup. So I think their pitching is going to hold up, and I think their offense is going to be even better. And I think that's going to drive them into the playoffs. And if they play a team like the Yankees, that's going to pay dividends. Because the Yankees can't, we've already talked about it, they don't have pitchers behind Cole. And if you can outslug them, because in any night, especially if they play in Minnesota or in New York in October, that's a weather situation that will affect either team, especially if it's Minnesota. And if you have to outslug them when a 2 nothing game or like a 5-4 game, I think that favors the Twins. My favorite to still win that division, believe it or not, is still the Chicago White Sox. I don't think they've played their best ball yet. They're still lurking around the three games back. I still have faith in the White Sox. I think they get hot down the stretch here. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some moves because Lord knows a lot like uh, they've been, they have been making moves in recent memory to become a much better team. Don't be surprised if they make a splash down the stretch, in my opinion. Don't be surprised if on August 31st they're making some calls. And, and getting a few things done. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't agree with them, you know, winning the division. I still think they're a playoff team. But I got concerned with mm-hmm. the fact that they looked really bad yesterday against the Cardinals who haven't played in two weeks. Especially Giolito because we talked him up last Sunday, I remember, after Beaver Giolito. Giolito, that's a mouthful this late at night. Holy cow. Giolito... Looked like an ace. And then you flash forward to Saturday, to last night, or yesterday afternoon, he looked the complete opposite. Nothing was working for him. He got outpitched by a 38-year-old Adam Wainwright. And that's a little concerning for me. Maybe it's a little overreacting one start to the next. But we've seen a couple starts from Giolito that have just fallen completely off the rails. That's fair. That's fair. But we we, 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 we we refer to him as kind of a budding ace, which means you're going to have some inconsistencies as as my dog makes another guest appearance. And you're going to have some inconsistencies, and it happens. I don't think he made too much of that. Look, and as far as he now pitched by Adam Wainwright, look, the, here's the thing about guys like Wainwright. Yes, 38 years old is quite old for baseball, but they might not be as good as they once was. They can be as good ones as they ever were. They haven't forgotten how to play the game. They're just not as consistently good as they used to be. So I, I think, look, sometimes the old bet's going to get you. You know, if you're if you're heading into the OK corral for a bet for a for a gunfight, sometimes the old the old gunfighter's going to get you, and that just happened there. Still the buddy mace, still a star. That is a classic Cody overreaction, in my opinion, that you have been occasionally known to do. If you don't believe me, check your Twitter. Check your Twitter. Every now and again, you get a little fired up. You thought your Giants might be a playoff team, and then all of a sudden, oh. we'll get to them later. All right. So we, we've touched 
touched on Detroit. We've touched on the White Sox. We touched on Cleveland, Minnesota. And what about Mike Matheny, Riddlesburg on his? What about his Kansas City Royals? What do you make of them sitting at 9-13, five games back? What do you make of the Royals uh, right now? I think their brief Cinderella run is going to come to an end. I think this division is too good. The Indians, Twins, and White Sox are going to start to pull away. I think the Tigers are going to fall off a little bit too. We saw it this weekend. If the Tigers were as good as everyone thought they were, I thought they were pretty good, you know, up until the up until the series. But the Indians took it to them. I mean, it wasn't like the Tigers looked good in any of these games. They had a couple of comebacks, tried to, but they couldn't muster barely anything against this Indians team. So I think the Tigers are returning to what we thought they were, not saying they're going to bottom out and go 0 for 20 in the next 20 games. Same with the Royals. I just think that they're going to play average baseball down the stretch. Do I hope I'm wrong and we get conversation of a Tigers-Royals possible in the playoffs, knocking the Indians, Twins, or Vitox out? Sure, of course. But I just think they're going to fall right back into place. Well, I hope that you're right because the the Royals, of course, COVID permitting, kick off a series with my uh, beloved Cincinnati Reds uh, at Kansas City Tuesday night at 8:05. So I hope I hope they plummet back down to earth like like a fail evil Knievel stunt. That would be great for me. So, but we'll see what happens because again, we've talked about how this is an odd year, 2020. This is going to be hopefully. Hopefully, the oddest year of my lifetime. <laughs> hopefully, and because we can only go up from here, I think. And so we don't know. Maybe Kansas City just had a bad weekend. Maybe Detroit just got taken to the cleaners, and then they bounce back. We'll see. It'll be very interesting to keep our eye on. Mike Matheny is known for winning culture. We saw him pick right up where other people left off in in St. Louis, and of course, he's part of. That St. Louis winning ways that we saw start with Larusa and Walt Jockerty and people like that, and he he lifted that off at the same scale. So he's a winner. He's used to it. And guys like him are crafty, and they almost will their team to win from the dugout on occasion. It's it's odd to me. It's it, there's certain managers that just have that ability. And Mike Matheny, I think, from all the years of two of a Tony Larusa, has that ability. So Kansas City is certainly a sleeper team to me, and it's certainly a series I'm worried about from my Reds uh, this week, and we'll, we'll talk more about them in a bit. Next, let's move out west. What do I mean out west? AL West. Oakland, top dog to, to top dog, 16-6. and six. I mean, last 10, 8-2, they've won four in a row. Look at that run differential, plus 34. How's that for scoring, pitching, and doing it all? Uh, but Houston, you know, not too. They would be a playoff team for all the hate on Houston. I know your boy Joe <laughs> Kelly. But uh, nice swing. For all the hate, Houston would be a playoff team as we currently speak. Nice swing, <laughs> Birch. Oh man, I love Birches. They're great. Nice Birch. Every now and again, like a woman with a nice Birch. Anyhow, it's a great little. It's a great little aesthetic piece. Um. Anywho. What do you make? What do you make of the AL uh, the AL West? You uh, again, o- Oakland seems to be running away with it. Houston four and a half back, Texas five back, Angels nine back, Seattle nine and a half back. Um, 
What do you make of the West? Obviously, Oakland is the favorite, but what? Do you, but we'll talk some about them. But tell me, did you think? Because I didn't, as you know. Did you think the Angels were going to struggle like this? I, I knew that my prediction of them winning the division might be a bit of a long shot. I, I understood that when I said it. I did not expect them to struggle mightily like this. So, what do you make of the? ALS. Give me your overall picture and be sure to touch on, on Joe Madden's Angels of Anaheim. So, I'll give you two things here for the Angels. One, um, don't overreact to this sweep because they did play a Dodgers team who is really good. They played Kershaw, Bueller, and Dustin May. That's a three-hitter monster in this rotation. So, don't take too much away from their losses other than they, they scored runs and like we talked about on the preview shows when we did that way back when was it a month ago now I think we talked about our season predictions we talked about the pitching Dylan Bundy has stepped up for this team and he's the guy come August 31st if the Angels are completely out of it I wouldn't be surprised if there's chatter around his name but I think they just have to start winning games and overall synopsis so I don't so I don't think this guy is falling for the Angels yet so, but overall for the West, I don't know, because you look at the Astros, sure they've won four in a row, they're 11 and 10, but who did they play this last week? They played the Giants, and they played the Mariners, so how much can you really take away from their series? Because, look, the Giants were looking okay, they weren't looking like the 27 Yankees coming in the last week, but I'm just going to say I felt a lot better about this team last week going into Monday than I am going into this Monday. So they played the Giants and the Mariners. So how much can you actually take away from this other than, okay, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat? So what happens? They play Colorado starting on Monday. And that's a huge test for them. And the Rockies too. Because this is going to be a slugfest. Which team can come out on top? This is a fight for second place right now. If one team can win more games in this series than the other, if they don't split, I think it's a I actually think it's, I don't know how long the series is. Let's just say it's three games. But if it's a three-game series <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, if you have to fight to split, who knows? One of these teams might be in first place by the end of this. But it's a huge test. And then Texas, I have no idea what to make of them. They're 10-10. and 10, They're average. I think we both said they're a 31 team, and that lines up perfectly <laughs> right now. So... We we had them we had them picked, uh, yeah. I try not to make too much of the, the Angels and because I mean the Dodgers are a buzzsaw right now, especially when you, Kershaw looking good, Bueller's Bueller, and Dustin May, the new star of baseball right now, uh, at three headed monster. You're not kidding. Of course, we look at the offense with Bellinger, Mookie, Justin Turner, both Hernandez. It, the list just the Dodgers. They just seemed they just seemed a little destined uh, again there's a reason that we've acted like this year's world series or bust for dave roberts we've acted like his job's on the line if he doesn't go to the world series and the, the talent is incredible and yes dylan bundy has surpri- surprised and surpassed the highest expectations which were not very high for him to start this year we, we went in depth on that for our preview show and, and so there's something to take, take away from 
they they got to start winning winning games, closing them out. Houston has suddenly come a little bit to life, won four in a row now. Uh, look, I know everyone likes to make fun of the Houston Astros. It's cool. It's in vogue. It's hip. I'm with you too, sweet brother. They're still right. a good team. They're still a good team. They they had no unfair advantage, which will forever taint what they did, no doubt. But they didn't get there on unfair advantage alone, and they'll show that. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run for this division. Uh, he, they were still our pick. They were still our pick to win this thing. And so, and I there's think no I track. I picked the A's. Ash cans here. It's too I quiet. I think I picked the A's. I don't remember, to be honest. I really thought you did. Maybe not. Maybe not. We'll have to check the tape. <laughs> well, dadgum, Mad Bob. Um, I'll have to check the tape. Dadgum, Mad Bob. Look, look, Houston, I still believe, is going to win this division. Oakland, similar to other teams like the Cubs that we'll get to here shortly. they got to come down to earth at some point. They are not. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're not 16-6 and six good. We got to come down to earth. There's we played, we've played forty percent of the season. That still means for for all you people out there to go to, there's not a, much much time, and, and there's not, but there's still more time to go than time we've played. So don't stress it. You can't make too much of it. I think Oakland comes back down to earth, and I think Houston continues to get hot. They're five and five of the last ten. They've won four in a row. I think the real Houston Astros have stood up, and. It's unfortunate because, look, they're the most unpopular team in baseball. I, I hope they don't win a single game. But the reality is, is we're here to analyze. And I take, I would take the great majority of those ball players right now on my club. So it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate that, that what they did mm-hmm. for always. But people go, well, it, we've done it too. People forget they didn't get there on cheating alone. They didn't get there on cheating alone. <laughs> it helped. It, it helped if all obligations are true. And everything is, but they didn't get there alone on that, and they're, they're showing it. I think Oakland's going to come back down to earth, and I think the Astros can. While 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 they're wounded because they've lost their trash can. Don't get me wrong, they're wounded. I still think the most talented team in that division, and I'll believe that until the mathematical limited. That's just how I feel on it. With that, I think it's time we head over to the senior circuit, the National League, and Cody, tell the fine folks at home. As we are just shy of midnight, or we're heading for the National League. Let's just keep it uniform. Let's start at the East first, and we'll go from there. <laughs> That's my paper fell. Oops. Uh, we'll start with the East. How about that? The Phillies. That's the Phillies right. swept the Mets, and the Mets are now in last place. So, not too much to take away from there. Edwin Diaz is like okay. There was talk about him not pitching in high leverage, and. He pitched in a four-run game, five-run game. He pitched really well, considering the circumstances. So maybe he's starting to turn it around. But look, the Mets without DeGrom, they're in trouble. I mean, they're already without Stroman. They're without Syndergaard. They're without Wheeler. Um, I mean, they're in trouble. And Pete Alonso's struggling. As an organization, as an organization, they're in trouble. As an organization, they're in trouble. Look, they just are trouble. We talk about how badly some of these New York franchises in all the sports are ran and i know this is a hot take maybe you can construe it as unprofessional but i'm here to give you the facts and the facts are the mets right now especially without the they're a dumpster fire they are a dumpster. <laughs> it, it, 
City, you might as well put a big dumpster in City Field because that's where the Mets are without Jacob DeGrom. That's all you got. So that's been just unpacked up, waiting home in the middle of the night. Now DeGrom's got issues, which is, is unfortunate for baseball as a whole. But look, the Mets are a dumpster fire. There's a, there's, look, Mets fans should be praying that A-Rod's buying them. They should be praying. They should be praying to whatever God you believe in. I don't care what your religion or faith is. You should be praying that A-Rod's going to take over because you need a change because the Mets fall in line as one of the worst brand organizations in New York. If it wasn't for James Dolan, they'd be number one. I'm just here to drop those facts on you. That's how I feel about that. First place, still, and I didn't think I'd say this, at nearly August 17th. I didn't think I'd say this. But still, first place, thanks to their win percentage of 600, is the Miami Marlins at 9-6. and six. If you told me that, we're living in bizarro world, my guy. Can the Mets continue to, to hold down the fort? Because technically they're tied for first with the, the Atlanta Braves. What do you think? Who's gonna, does the does the cream rise to the top, or does the Marlins' miracle run continue? So they're starting to get their normal players healthy. I think I I think I read today every player who tested positive for COVID is heading back to their alternate training site to start to train and get revved back up. So that's one good takeaway for the Marlins. One good thing to look forward to. If you're a Marlins fan, you think the sky is falling. The other way to look at it is we just talk, said the Mets are a dumpster fire. And you open up a series against the Mets starting tomorrow night. And if you want to make the playoffs, you have to beat the Mets. And look, when the Mets make the World Series this year, we're going to be in the first clip of their highlight reel. They're going to be our face, going to be plastered all over Times Square, talking about how we didn't think they're going to make the playoffs, how they're a dumpster fire. And we're... Are, we're going to be famous. So it's going to be really funny when they make the World Series. That's Because we like to jinx teams like that. That's what I found. Well, I hope they do. Just so I can tell you, you'd be the worst World Series team in history. And you'd be swept. Well, you know, they almost were in 2015, the gentleman sweep. So, thanks to Christian Cologne. Uh, but yeah, they play a four-game series against Different. the... Uh, the Marlins and the Yankees. Uh, excuse me, let me start. They, the Marlins and Mets play a four-game series starting tomorrow. So if you look at for both teams, the Marlins, you have to mm-hmm. beat the Mets to make the playoffs. You think you're a playoff team? Beat the Mets. You should not lose this series at all. You should win 3-1 at the minimum. If you're the Mets, just real quick, your schedule does not get easier. Because guess who you play on Friday? You play the New York Yankees. For three uh, games. Uh, yeah. Time to head to the yes, other end of the that summer. is not a fun series. And then, already looking ahead next Tuesday, they play the Marlins again. So this is a pivotal time for this Mets team. And then guess what? The following weekend, they play the Yankees. So, a lot of familiarity here for the Mets. So this is critical over the next two weeks. You're going to see a lot of the Marlins. You're going to see a lot of the Yankees. And I wouldn't be surprised if they win maybe five games in the next two weeks. 
it is no doubt pivotal. If the Mets are going to prove me wrong, if the Mets are going to prove you wrong, it's a huge series because, again, Miami's still technically tied for first place. The Mets, you know, say what I want about them, and I'm going to do so. Still just four games back, so it is theoretically possible. But, again, I, I just, for all of my uh, hyperbole of them being a dumpster fire, which I do believe overall is true, the talent just isn't there. And without, without DeGrom, it's it's completely MIA. It's a, it's a soldier gone AWOL. So everything is just going against him and has from literally day one of 2020. You consider the fact that Carlos Beltran was supposed to manage his team, gets caught up in the Houston Astros scandal. He gets shown the door without even winning or losing a game. And that is just a microcosm of where the New York Mets stand at, as an organization. Never mind the fact that they 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 have a public fallout and act like a missing persons report should be filed with arguably their biggest star player, certainly their biggest offensive star in Cespedes. And that's just a microcosm of where they are. And usually if you can't figure it out behind the scenes, you damn sure ain't going to figure it out on the field. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they sweep Miami and shock us. Maybe. Anything's possible in 2020. And anything's possible here in the game of baseball. Other places, we see the Phillies getting hot. Getting hot. Getting there. Eight and nine, just two games back. You know, it. it it's a... It, but what do, you, what do you make? What do you make of the Phillies? And what do you make of the Nationals? They're, they're, both, they're both in the hunt. You know, for... Not great records at eight, nine, eight, eleven, respectively. Other than the hunt, what do you what do you make of both their franchises where they stand right now as far as heading towards the deadline and trying to sneak so, in? So, I think this is an easier question to answer with the Phillies at the moment. I think the Phillies are who we thought they were. To quote a coach, uh, I think they are who we thought they were. Look, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. I don't. I, Still don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Right now, they're 10th in the NL. They're, I don't know how many games back. I didn't write that down. I didn't do that much research. No. Uh, but they're 10th right now behind the Padres. The Cardinals are the 8th seed right now. How about that? But I just don't think the Phillies have enough talent overall to make the playoffs. If Nola and Wheeler can carry this team to the playoffs and Bryce Harper, Real Muto, who's going to get paid a, boat, a boatload of money, Come winter, can carry this team. If Andrew McCutcheon hit his, I think first home run of the season today, or second or something like that, he, if this offense can get going and carry this team, and you can back Nola and Wheeler, maybe you're at the deadline trading for a Dylan Bundy or a Taiwan Walker, a guy like that, or maybe even a Lance Lynn or a Mike Miner. And then for the Nationals, how about this? History repeating itself. I read, I don't remember who said it, but I read a tweet that said their start, I don't, what's their record? Nationals 8-11. That means on Saturday night they've had an 8-10 record, which is the equivalent of a 19-31 start in a 162-game season. And if you remember, the Nationals started last year Mm 19-31. And it turned out pretty good for them. But obviously this year, they had, uh, almost said Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, no idea what's going on with him. He gets thrown out of a game he's not even pitching in. That was pretty funny. And then the next night he leaves the game not after even an inning because of a finger issue. 
that's kind of concerning because he hasn't pitched pretty much at all this year. I think he pitched, what, five innings against the Orioles in that suspended game and gave up, what, five runs? And that was it. Otherwise, he's had a very limited sample size this year. So I have a lot of concerns with the Nationals right now going forward because Max can't carry it all by himself. He's one of the best pitchers I've ever seen, one of the best of this generation. But he cannot do it by himself, and Patrick Corbin can't do it. He is not a number one. He's a number two. So he's got to step up a little bit. He's got to carry the freight. No question. I, I could agree with you more. We've t- talked about everybody except for the Braves. And what do you make of the Atlanta Braves and where they're at? Uh, tied for first at 13 and 10, 5 and 5 the last 10, uh, 1 2 in a row over the weekend here. And what do you make of the Braves? Where they're, where they're so, at? before I answer that question, I like how we at Scornair have correspondence with every team in every division almost, right? Because you have me in the NL West, you in the Central, and Wally mm-hmm. in the Central. Andrew in the East. We have Ty in the NL East. And I think we're just missing an... uh, What are we missing here? I think... We need a a guy in the AL Central. Oh, we got Trey. We got Trey. Can't forget about Trey. So we do have a correspondent in every division. So that tells you our broad range here. So we got to bring on our guy Ty Fisher sometime and talk about his Braves as we get closer to the trade deadline in the playoffs. But Let's, no, 13 and 10? No doubt. Maybe he's got to be available one of he these does, Thursdays. And he has a great show, uh, 90 minutes plus extra time, to, uh, Tuesdays 12 to 1. Check that out. So a little housekeeping right there in the middle. You're welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Braves, 13 and 10. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 13 and 10. You know what? I like it. They're without Soroka. We talked about that in depth. They're without Soroka. Right? The sky was falling. But I think they've handled this really well. 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've won two in a row. And it's a pivotal point in the season for them. And they start a series Monday against the Nationals. And this is a huge... Again, I know we're three weeks into the season. Four weeks, not almost four weeks. But again, it's such a big series because a sweep or a split by either of these teams could just swing the East so much. So I think this series against Nationals is one of the biggest so far of the season. I have to wholeheartedly agree with you. Look, I'm very, I'm really interested to see. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, I, I feel like for a lot of these teams, this, this barring a late run, now if they win five, six, seven, or, or it's different, changes things. But saying they, say they play expected ball, I feel like this week is a lot of make or break. I feel like this upcoming week is a lot of make or break for a lot of clubs. Now, again, if someone runs off seven, eight in a row after this week, that changes it. But, but if everyone plays as, as expected, I feel like this is make or break for a lot of clubs. And I really, it just feels like a pivotal week. Are, am I wrong in that, or is it still too soon to say this is make or break for, uh, you know, a, a Washington, a Mets, a Phillies? Um, 
I want to. Okay, so the Phillies, I want to say yes. Because this is such a pivotal point, like we talked about that, talked about a couple minutes ago. I need to see Strasburg. I know we're running out of time, but we got to see Strasburg before we really gauge the Nationals. I think the Braves are doing fine. They're treading water. It's all you can. All you have to do is make the playoffs, and after that, who knows? Mark Melanson could pitch three innings and start every game for you if you wanted. Mark Melanson, shout out to him, former Giant. But you know. Gotta give love. But yeah, I. Former uh, Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, the Wally Lukachinsky Cody Larson connection. We gotta come up with a name for that. Like, we got the locomotive connection here. But yeah, I like the NLE. Oh. One of the more interesting divisions. So yeah, Braves took two or three from the Marlins. Interesting. And now, now. So we'll see what happens with the East. Now we. Now I believe we we're going to we're going to head central, NL central. Uh, the Cubs keep on kind of keeping on. Unfortunately, the Cardinals they come back after having played in what feels like a month of Sundays, as they say, and the, take two out of three. Nothing wrong with it. Did it concern the White Sox for you? Uh, the Reds were postponed this this weekend thanks to COVID concerns. They reportedly had a player test positive and then um, all hell broke loose. And, and so uh, we'll see if they play Tuesday. We, sh- we shall see if they're scheduled to begin a, a series with uh, the Royals Tuesday. They were contemplating a doubleheader tomorrow night, Monday night, I suppose tonight if you want to get technical. And that is not going to take place. So we'll see what happens there. Chicago thirteen and six, Milwaukee ten up, ten down, three and a half back. Then you have, based on win percentage, you have St. Louis at four and four. Then the Reds at nine eleven, and Pittsburgh four and fourteen. Again, they, they had not played this weekend. They still had uh, three more games, or two more games. Pardon me, with the Reds, uh, but COVID got in the way of that. So, what do you make of the Central? Do they do, do the Cubs come back down to earth like I predict Oakland will, or are they thirteen and six good? Um, they have lost their last three, so that is worth considering. Is that is that where the real Cubs are kind of standing up, if you will? Milwaukee at ten and ten, just hanging out. St. Louis coming off the big layaway. Nothing wrong with winning two out of three. What do you make of the Central right now as it's very much in flux when you consider the COVID issues, St. Louis coming back, Milwaukee kind of hanging in there, and Chicago losing their last three? So I think Cincinnati's TBD because this was a big weekend for them because this was a Pirates team, and we talked about it. This is a Pirates team you have to beat, and they split the first two games, and then COVID hit. So TBD on the Reds, obviously, and then the Pirates are uh, the Pirates, so uh, we don't want to spend too much time talking about them. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, sorry, sorry, Walter. But for the rest, I, I don't know. I think the Brewers, they found that point. Every team has a point, good or bad, in the season where they hit a turning point. And it's either the start of something great or the start of something horrible. And for the Red Sox, it seems like they've hit the start of something horrible. And for the Brewers, it looks like they've started to hit the turning point of being great. 
This is a team that's made the playoffs, what, four straight years? And I think you don't just take three or four from the Cubs this year. I mean, that's a huge deal with how good the Cubs have been. Yes, the Cubs are going to even out a little bit here, and they're not going to go 50-10, and 10, I don't think, at least, you know, unless John Lester pitches. One <laughs> never say never in 2020, I guess, but who knows? Maybe the <laughs> – so here's just a random question. What's more likely here? Just a weird baseball question for you at 12.09 a.m. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it more likely the Cubs go 13-36 and 36 or 50-10? and 10? I just was thinking about that and I was like, hmm, well, you never know what you're going to get from these shows. But I still think the Cubs are pretty good, obviously. I mean, this team is really good. And right now they're second in the National League in the playoff. Dodgers one, Cubs two, Marlins in third. How about that? So, yeah. Central, a lot of TBD there. The Cardinals, you got to get more of a sample size there. The Reds, because they haven't played in a couple days and... I wanted to see how they did against the Pirates. And the Pirates, we don't talk about them. So, a lot of TBD in the Central, but I know the Cubs are good. And I, I want to make the proclamation that I'm buying all the Brewers stock back that I sold a couple weeks ago when I was worried about Kristen Yelich because he's going to hit like an MVP. Now, now, let me ask you. Let me ask you here. Give us an update on what the St. Louis schedule is. Of course, they've, they've missed so much time. How are they going to get see- – 60 games in, Cody. There's many fans out there that are still unclear how that's going to work. Let's drop it on them. How are they going to get 60 games in? Again, no more COVID issues. Well, uh, I don't think including Saturday or including either way. They're going to play 11 doubleheaders in the last month and a half of the season. So that's roughly, I want to say, they're going to play 50 games and. 40 days, something absurd like that. So that's can be fun. So if you're a Cardinals fan, you got a lot of baseball to watch in a short time frame, but who knows? We'll know a lot about this Cardinals team come this Thursday because they're scheduled to play two more doubleheaders. So. Now, what do you think of that? Is that is that the right way to do it, the 11 doubleheader? Of course, now the Reds are going to get into an interesting scenario. They still have a doubleheader on the 29th of this month with the Cubs. And now and now with Pittsburgh, certainly a doubleheader is going to have – what do you make of 11 doubleheaders? Is that the right way to go about it? Do the Cardinals have a fair chance to, to play a fair 60, mm-hmm. if you understand what I mean? Um, I think at this point, we just got to try to get in 60 for everybody because – we all were wanting 100, and I could only imagine the craziness of trying to get 100 games in as if all this was happening in a 100-game season. Because trying to get 50 games in now is going to be more than likely the where the Cardinals are. They're probably not going to get all 60 in. So at this point, let's try to get them to play as much as possible, and let's hope the, the wheels don't fall off if they make the playoffs. 
we shall see what happens. Uh, yes, again, I, I agree with you on, on the Central. There's too much to be seen. Uh, with, with Cincinnati, Jesse Winker was, I mean, he was hotter than, don't, you know, if the virus doesn't survive well and he just have every positive player stand closer to him, then you should be all right because he, he is hotter than hot right now, Jesse Winker is. Uh, St. Louis, amazing to see them come back and play so well given the layoff they've had. But St. Louis has been a winning culture for so long. Christian Yelich is starting to look like Christian Yelich. No surprise there. And Chicago coming back down to earth, but here's how good they've been. They're still 13-6. and six. Like, that's just wild, as we say. It's cool on air. Or that's crazy. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens here and... Look, I hope everybody's able to get 60 in, and I'm going to go ahead and make a proclamation on this show I didn't think I'd make. But as hindsight turns out, 60 is the right number, if not a little bit mm-hmm. inauspicious, because we're having a hard time getting 60 in. And I wanted 80 to 90 to 100, as many as they play, and I was very upset at just 60. But as as luck would have it, it turns Manford and company into being correct, at least for this season, because there's been so much trouble. So I'll, so I'll say that. Um, I hope that, that everyone is able to get in 60 or else it's just going to feel weird. I don't care what you got to do. Somehow get in 60. I don't care if you play a three-name triple header. The, you need to play 60 games somehow. Like It just needs to happen or else it just feels it just yeah. feels yucky. I, like, so I was going to say, what's wrong. next? It, it What's just next feels... after seven inning double headers? Is it like you said, a three inning triple header? What's what's a quadruple header? Is it two innings? Is it one inning? <laughs> if I'm being realistic and not being facetious or joking, I don't believe you shouldn't even go to the seven. You should not. But if you absolutely had to. You can't go any lower than five, mm, in right. my opinion. Absolutely worst case scenario, and I don't. And again, I'm very upset with seven because I just think that's just <laughs> stupid. Um, but but if we're going in in a worst case scenario, which the Cardinals are are certainly in, the Reds may be approaching, depending on what happens this week. You cannot go any lower than five, or else. There's no time to get a feel for the game. There's no, it's literally roll out of bed, play one inning, and like it's not really one inning, but there's no chance to get right. in a rhythm. And so, and so, you can't go any lower than five. Hopefully, not any lower than seven. I would, it, 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 honestly, here's what I do, and this is reckless speculation at far too late in the evening. I play, I start early. I start at 10, and I start at noon, I don't, and I play three seven-inning games if I have to. And there's a reason we have a taxi squad, and there's a reason we have all those things, and we, we move them on up if we have to. you got you, you got to play 60 somehow. Is that a cluster? Is that too much to ask? Yes. But this is 2020, and we got to do what we got to do here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I think maybe a triple header starting at 10 a.m. or noon or whatever have you, and just seven 
things happening, go, go, go. Um, and again, allow expanded rosters for those teams to just kind of, if you want to pull whoever off the scrap heap, whatever, just to play, play 60 games for the sake of the integrity of, you need as much integrity in the season as you can have. It will always be debatable, but you can't, like I said, five at worst, but preferably three seven inning games, maybe. Like I don't know. It's it's a cluster. There's just no doubt about it. So we'll see. Um, and lastly, before we get out of here, we got to talk. We have to about your NL West, the Dodgers. Keep on. I'll keep it on at 16 and 7. They've won five in a row. Colorado, 13 and 8, two games back. Nothing wrong with that. Arizona, we they were in the basement when we recorded this last week. And now they're 11, 11, four and a half back, and they won the last four and seven to three in the last ten. All of a sudden, the Diamondbacks, the, the Rattlesnakes, making it happen. San Diego at 11 and 12, five back. They've lost five in a row. Whew. And then we've got, got to talk about your San Francisco Giants, eight and fifteen, eight games back, and they've lost their last four. A run differential of minus minus forty three. So give me your opinion on the NL West. Give me your opinion on, of course, the Dodgers, Colorado, the teams we know that are good, but. Are the Giants this bad? Is this the real San Diego, and is this the real Arizona? Cody Larson, you have the floor on your, uh, I'm using that term proverbially, of course, your division. So, I think coming into the season, we knew the three teams around in this division were the Dodgers 1, Arizona 2, Padres 3. But we didn't even think of the Rockies. And I think these four are going to be competing for a the top two spots because it's not just the top spot anymore; it's the top two make the playoffs. So the top two are going to make the playoffs. So they're going to be fighting for that, and they're going to be fighting for the seventh and eighth spots. So right now, the Dodgers are the number one overall team in the NL. The Rockies are four, the Diamondbacks are seven, and the Padres are nine. So that's something to keep in mind. So, you know, I have no worries about the Padres. You know, this happens. I, they, The Diamondbacks got, got hot at the right time. Half of the Marte Parte was looking good this weekend. But, you know, I no worries about the Dodgers, of course. I'm not that worried about the Rockies. They played well against the uh, Rangers, considering they faced Lance Lynn, who's a madman, by the way. You should probably consider him for Cy Young at some point, but but I, you know, I just think it's those four, and then you have the Giants, who you know are going to lose more games than probably they should because of these four great teams. And if you watched any of the games like this past weekend, then you'll get a good synopsis of the Giants in a retrospect in 2020. Their pitching was good. Quito and Gosman again pitched two great games. And for whatever reasons, different reasons or not, Kapler made a move to the bullpen and it completely backfired on him. And look, you can trot out Trevor got one night, and but what's the reason for trotting him out in a, a night after he gives up a grand slam and all that? What's the reason for doing it back-to-back nights? Uh, 
especially in a safe situation. It made no sense to me, and it's frustrating. But I guess in Farhan we trust. <laughs> um, I'm. I gotta tell you, I'm worried about the Padres. I I, I think a, a skid of that size in a season like this, it's it, the worm can turn at any time in baseball. We know that. We've seen it in regular seasons. We've seen it this year. And we'll see it coming down the stretch, I know. But, you know, I think the Padres could be a little bit, could be trouble brewing because the other teams are so good. Because the Dodgers are the Dodgers, practically destined to go to the World Series. Uh, they're not my pick, as you know. But, like, that seems to be the, the public consensus. Colorado, we didn't see coming. All of a sudden, Colorado is... Coors Field, man, uh, Diamondbacks turning it around within this week again, got getting to 500 and 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 Marte Parte starting to get starting starting to get there. And so that, look, that leaves an odd man out, and that odd man and that odd team, that odd club is the Padres, which is concerning when you have, you know, you have Tatis who who may be the next base of baseball with the kind of pub he's getting. But talk me off the ledge here before we transition to the week ahead. I think the Padres might be DUN done as far as postseason goes. So, talk me off the ledge. I don't think you. Sh- I don't think you should be uh, that concerned about the Padres at this point. You know, the only concern I had about the Padres, honestly, after this weekend, was the fact that. Kirby Yates is on the DL with or IL with shoulder or elbow inflammation. That was a concern for me. Otherwise, I wasn't too concerned. You know, Archie Bradley almost blew the game on Saturday night, and he almost blew the game on Sunday. The offense started rolling a little bit towards the end of those games, so it's not like they got blown the smithereens. They just were on the uh, on the other end of a bad bounce, to use a basketball term. You know, the ball was going in the net more for the Diamondbacks than it was the Padres. And sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. And going forward, I mean, they open up a series with the Rangers. We talk about big series. That's a underrated series that could swing one of these two team seasons. So, as of right now, I'm not worried about the Padres. I still think their offense is going to be great. Machado... We're going to see about Tommy Pham. That was a weird ending to that game, by the way. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a weird ending. Pham left the game, and he's TBD. That's a mm-hmm. huge part of that offense. Tatis is going to hit. Hosmer is going to hit. He had a home run today. And you want Will Myers to come around. He should hit. In a normal season, he should hit 25 to 30 home runs. That's the type of potential he has. And I still think they're going to hit well. Paddock, you know, he's going to figure it out. He's the ace of that staff. He's really good. And one guy who might not get talked about enough is Lamette. He has pitched really well this year. And he might be in the Cy Young conversation come end of the season. So those two can probably carry this team. I don't think you should be worried. We should. We shall see. Uh, I'll tell you, you make compelling points. You make compelling points. We'll, we'll, we'll touch back uh, by Thursday, and we'll see where we stand. So we're, we're getting, we're, we're coming towards the end of the show here, but before we wrap it up, we have to talk about what matchups are we looking forward to throughout this week 
to talk about when we come back here. Of course, Thursday, 2 to 4, Ohio Media School. We're going to be live and kicking at the Stranko Studio. But when we come back here next Sunday, what matchups are you most looking forward to throughout the week to come back here and digest one week from now around this time? So the Oakland A's, who are the best team record-wise in baseball, open a series against the Diamondbacks, which the Diamondbacks are red hot. That's going to be a fun series to digest starting tomorrow, or I guess tonight, Monday night. And then the Cubs and Cardinals starting a series, the good old-fashioned rivalry there. We talked about Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. How about the Cubs and Cardinals? And then we talked Nats and Braves. They start a series that's, again, these series are so big as far as flipping our narratives towards these teams as we progress towards the trade deadline. And then another series, we talked Colorado-Houston. We talked Rays-Yankees, both big series. One more. Milwaukee and Minnesota starting Tuesday. That's a sneaky series, and if Milwaukee come out of this, I think it might be time to be concerned about the Twins. If they lose this series, and assuming the Indians win their upcoming series, we're talking about a whole flippage here. So, A whole flippage, and that is the light of the night. I, I am very much looking forward to the Cubs and Cardinals. I'm very much looking forward to the Twins and Brewers. I think that's going to tell a lot about both team seasons. I really do. I feel like this could be the defining week of this, this regular season. Uh, don't sleep on a series I'm about to drop on you. Beginning Thursday, the Reds head to St. Louis for four games. Four games. That's mm-hmm. a big-time series. That's a big-time series for that inter- Central, don't sleep on it. Um, I, I really that I think it's it's going to tell a lot because and this this year so deceiving because we don't know what what is accurate and what isn't because it's a sixty game spread we don't know who's as good as they are and not because we don't have that full one sixty two mm-hmm. to digest it all. But that four game set is huge uh, in my opinion. And Milwaukee Twins uh, again, you mentioned the Rangers. You, you touched on it all. We got such a, is this final question before we wrap it up? I asked you this last week to close it out. So let me ask it again. Is this week the week where if it doesn't go well, it's panic time? No, I don't think we're going to have one of those this year because, again, unless you're a team like the Yankees or a team like the Dodgers and you lose seven in a row, that's when it's time to panic. But I think all these teams are going to experience the major ebbs and the major flows in a season, in a short 60-game season. I think every team at some point is going to win five in a row, and I think, I except if you're the Pirates, um, uh, they might not even win five games this year, but every team probably is going to win five in a row at some point. We're going to talk <laughs> ourselves into certain teams, <laughs> and every team's going to lose five games or so in a row, and we're going to be checked out of them, kind of like the Padres are right now. We're... A little bit on edge. You're about to jump off the cliff. I'm kind of. I'm a little bit further back, but you know, a little concerned still for the Padres. But <laughs> I just think since it's a 60 game season, the ebbs and flows are more major. So I, you know, yeah. So you're not going to make too much of this week unless somebody really falls off the cliff. Okay. So I'm I'm going to ask you that question every week. 
at some point because I because I want to know when I'll be very curious and I'll be marking down the day you go yup this is the week if you don't get it together this week you are well, in how about this trouble. I think every week we should start crossing off teams as far as we don't think they're going to make the playoffs when do we start that journey do we start tonight I think there's already a couple teams we can cross off <laughs> we can only do one per week though I'll one give more it week? I'll right. give well, one so more week starting next week we'll cross week. someone off the list alright starting next week we've just got a new segment here um, we'll call it three like strikes it. because why three strikes <laughs> and you're out and Cody any final thoughts before we, before we go um no, I just have a lot of fun doing these shows, and I hope people enjoy these shows as well, and I hope they take away something from these shows, because we're going to keep doing them. After every Sunday night game, there's might be some Sundays where we go a little earlier, depending on the matchup, but you know, next week we got what? What's the game I told you? My goal, my goal yeah, if it's like the game last week. Uh, isn't it? Yep, so we got Braves-Phillies two weeks in a row on Sunday Night Baseball, which is kind of weird. But So next week after Sunday Night Baseball, assuming it ends at a normal time, tonight's game ended really quickly for our Red Sox-Yankees game, by the way. But I would say around 10.45, 11 o'clock, right here on the Scorner Network, we're going to talk that game. We're going to talk what happened this past week, and we're going to look ahead to the week that was pretty simple. We're going to do that every week going up until the end of the season. So we might have to adjust this remote show to a different day when the playoffs start, just depending. We might do a lot of remote shows once the playoffs start. So I'm excited. I can't wait to overreact to one game in the playoffs, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you're ready, Logan. I hope everyone at home is ready because we're going to be pumping out shows left and right, especially come playoff time. I'm thinking of a lot of shows. I'm thinking a lot. A lot of shows come playoff time. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking too many shows come playoff yeah. time. I'm thinking, oh man, I, we'll, we'll work out. We'll work out the details. We will work out the details. Plus, uh, and we're not going to officially announce anything yet, but we do plan to do a trade deadline special, and we're looking forward to that. Again, not going to officially announce it, but but we but it is in the works. When we, we when we iron out the final details, you're going to know about it. And we're looking forward to it. And with that, Cody, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love doing these shows. Can't wait for Thursday, 2 to 4, big league show presented by Ohio Media School. We'll be in the studio. We might be in the TV studio. Well, I don't know. We're starting to tinker around with that thanks to Hambino. And we'll see what happens. And we're going to take a look at, at the at the weekend ahead. And we'll, we'll take a look at the games that, that will be played in the Pro League. And then, yes, right back here next Sunday after shortly after. After Braves Phillies, let us be your nightcap. Let us be the second of your doubleheader. And we look forward to doing that. And with that, I'm Logan Morris. That's Cody Larson. This is the Big League Show presented by Ohio Media School. And thank you each and every week for watching this show. We do appreciate it. Go check us out on Facebook at the Big League Show. And, and just give us a follow. Give us a follow on Twitter. What's our Twitter it handle, Cody? Go ahead, land on us. Big League Show. You can see it to right in the middle of your screen here at big league show so go check that out give us a follow you probably should start using it more maybe live tweet some thoughts about certain games or whatnot so but we'll we'll talk about it we got we're gonna pump out more content but we mm -hmm. might just have to do that 
we we might just have to do that because we we're going to pump out a lot more content content in the coming uh, the coming weeks and months. We have uh, big plans for the Big League Show. With that, I'm Logan Morris. That's Cody Larson, and we're going to get the hell out of here, and we're going to watch the next ba- the next week of baseball, and we we will we will bring it around the horn starting Thursday two to four, and then right back here next Sunday. And we guarantee you one thing, folks: it's going to be big league.